if you had a message for the Russian military and Vladimir Putin, what would it be? Go home because you will die here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Politicking, a podcast designed to be an urban guide to understanding politics and world news. I am your host, Keontae McDonald, and I want to thank you for listening. First and foremost, I want to give a big shout out to you, whoever this is listening, because this is the first official episode of the Politicking Podcast, and I want to thank you again for embarking on this journey with me. Um, What started out as a simple post on Facebook describing the Ukrainian crisis in a simplistic format made easy to to digest for most readers that went on to become somewhat of a viral thing on social media that has now turned into a full-fledged podcast series where I'll be breaking down all things politics and world news related in the same simplistic manner. But now it's just on a weekly basis and it was all made possible by you the listener, the people who shared my Facebook post, the original post, and even the people who shared the post but maybe not have credited me with it <laughs> or attached my name to it. But all in all, I just want to say thank you again to everybody because of you, I'm here today speaking through this podcast. But before we get started on our topics for today, I want to make one thing clear. Um, I want to make clear my intent for this podcast. My intent is not to be comical It's not to make light of certain situations because at the end of the day, I think we all can agree that what's going on right now in our world is pretty sad. Um, But rather, my intent is to truly help those who don't typically digest political news because oftentimes the media can throw around big words and huge statements that an average listener might not grasp. So here with Politicking, I am breaking down current events and definitions in a digestible format that people can relate to and also understand to become somewhat informed on what's going on around them. The first thing I want to touch on is the audio that you heard at the beginning of this podcast in the opening. It's a clip of an interview with a member of the Ukraine's territorial defense. Basically, the people who are fighting back against the Russian military that is trying to take over their home. What I find fascinating about the clip is knowing that they're outnumbered, knowing that they're outgunned in contrast to the Russian military and their resources. The spirit of the Ukrainian people is that they aren't going down without a fight. And I especially have to take my hat off to the Ukrainian leader, their president, Vladimir Zelensky, because at the most crucial time, at the most crucial thing that he's faced with, the most adversity has been faced with. I mean, literally, I just read earlier that there's a, you know, a Russian guard sent out to specifically find him and assassinate him. Um, this man is just literally faced with death. In the face of death, he is standing ten toes down, ready to ride for his country till the wheels fall off. I mean, talk about leadership. You know, even after offers came in from the U.S. of, you know, evacuating him and his family to safety, he goes on TV and makes a televised speech saying that he needs more ammunition and not a ride. And that, you know, he's still here and the army is still defending the capital of Ukraine, which is Kiev, and will continue to do so. And I might add, 
you know, it's a stark contrast to the leadership. And I'm, I'm throwing up air quotations. Um, the leadership that we see here in America at times, um, especially it draws, you know, dire comparisons to the whole Ted Cruz debacle where, you know, Texas had this crazy snowstorm where the power was going out and it was just pandemonium. Texas, you know, which is usually a warm state, they weren't really prepared for the drop in temperature like that. You know, the electrical grids went haywire. There was power outages for days. And, you know, instead of being with the people, instead of lending a hand, trying to help, you know, his constituents, the, the people that actually voted for him um, to be a senator of Texas, my man was was pictured in the in the airport, bag in hand, ready to dip out to Mexico. He was, he was trying to get gone. Um, so when you think of you know people like Zelensky who were who who just in the middle of of everything going on, just continuing to be with the people. Um, it's just it's crazy to see. Um, it's it's inspiring to see when we think about what real leadership is. First of all. Um Make no mistake, Mr. Putin still has at his disposal significant combat power. He hasn't moved all of it into Ukraine, but he's moved the majority of it. He still has a lot that he hasn't moved into Ukraine. Um, it's combined arms, um, and it's not insignificant, Jen. Um, number two, yes, they have faced setbacks, uh, and, uh, uh, and they have faced resistance. Uh, you got to you got to hand it to the Ukrainians who have been fighting very hard for their country and making an impact and making a dent on Mr. Putin's abilities. The Ukrainian military and President Delitsky are definitely throwing a curveball to Putin and the Russian military because I'm sure he thought that he was just going to walk in there and it was just going to be sweet. Like he was about to just bring the force, hit a quick lick right quick and Ukraine was just going to fold. But you know, that's not what's going on at all. Um, you know, Ukraine is actually fighting back. They're, they're, they're standing firm, they're holding their ground, and they're holding them off, especially in the capital of Kyiv. Um, I just hope that, you know, Ukraine gets the aid that it needs, that it gets the weapons that it needs to continue to defend itself from this dictator in Putin. While the fighting is still going on, I also want to bring to light the humanitarian crisis that Ukraine is going through with the refugees fleeing to neighboring countries looking for safety. As of now, neighboring countries have seen up to 500,000 people fleeing to safety in just under three days. One report noted that a train station is receiving five to 10,000 new people every hour that are showing up trying to flee the country. And so far, only the women, children, and elderly are able to evacuate because as men in Ukraine that are of fighting age, they're not allowed to leave. They're all called to defend the country. This next clip is a clip of a woman who was interviewed at that train station who had to leave behind her husband, who's a youth pastor, um, because he wasn't able to leave with her. What did you tell him before you left? What was your... I love him very much and I want him to be safe. And I want him to come here and pick us up because I won't make it alone there. This is the reason why I stated my intent earlier 
um, the intent of this podcast because these are real people. These are real people going through real life experiences that most of us really will never have to go through. But I hope that this really brings some context to the fight that might be out of sight, out of mind for most of us because we're just comfortable and cozy living here in America where we can wake up, you know, and head down the street to Starbucks, get us a cup of coffee, you know, keep our heads down all in the same breath while complaining about how we have to wear a mask or show our COVID vaccination cards everywhere. While in the middle of Ukraine at this train station, there are literally families that are being torn apart, not knowing if they'll ever see each other again. My next topic focuses on Putin putting Russia's nuclear deterrent forces on alert as fighting in Ukraine continues. The move means Putin has ordered Russia's nuclear weapons prepared for an increased readiness to launch, raising the threat that the tensions could boil over into a nuclear war. In a televised speech, Putin said, Western countries aren't only taking unfriendly actions against our country in the economic sphere, he's talking about the sanctions put on him, but top officials from leading NATO members made aggressive statements regarding our country. So basically, in other words, what Putin is saying here is that, look, I said mind your business. Yeah, I, I, I told y'all to mind your business, but if y'all want to get disrespectful, and he's talking about the aggressive talks from the NATO leaders, and play on my money, y'all want to continue to play on my money, that's more sanctions he's talking about that's coming from the U.S. and U.K. and now Switzerland, then I'm going to just have to pull up and pop my trunk one time. Talking about readying his nuclear arsenal. But what does this exactly mean for the U.S.? Why should this matter to the U.S.? And I'll put it like this. If Putin really decides that he wants to throw them hands, it's going to ultimately force us, the U.S., to pull up and hop out because we have the biggest hands to throw on the entire block, pretty much. And at this point, someone is going to have to check Debo or else he'll be climbing through Stanley's windows next. And Stanley being Poland or any other country surrounding his border. And then who's to say, you know, Big Worm might follow suit next. Big Worm being either Belarus, North Korea, or China. Lastly, I just want to touch on the people of Russia. Because I feel like the country as a whole is getting this bad rap for something that one person is doing. There are tons of people in the streets of Russia, even right now, protesting against what Vladimir Putin is doing with the invasion of Ukraine. And I want you guys to get just one thing straight about this. In Russia, protesting is totally different than how we protest here in America. In America, we can stand up with a sign, walk down the street, gather in a public area, and for the most part, do this without harm. But in Russia, these people are literally protesting and running the risk of being arrested of being severely beaten and some of them even disappearing or death. So for them to just be standing up to this dictator in their country and actually protesting against calling for, you know, just calling for peace and protesting against the invasion and the starting of this war, it just really shows a different side of the Russian people versus the Russian government itself. And I just want to make that clear distinction between the two. Because there are people in Russia who don't align with Putin. They don't align with what, you know, Kremlin is doing and or what they say are, you know, the attacks that, that are going on in Ukraine. 
But then you have the people in Russia, just like everywhere else that, you know, are kind of just idiots and want to follow Putin. And no matter what he says, I mean, what he says goes. So and I just I just can't understand that, you know, people following someone like that and with no gain in sight for them on the back end of it. And I also just want to make that clear because I've seen posts of people condemning Russia as a whole, talking about even their neighbors in America. I was reading a story earlier today about a a shop in Washington, D.C. I think it was called like Little Russia or, or Russia's Table or something like that. But people have been vandalizing and breaking into this restaurant all due to the fact of Russia invading Ukraine. And then there are similar stories of actual, you know, people of Russian descent in America being attacked for no reason, unprovoked. And of course, you know, just as we saw with, you know, the surge of COVID in America and then, you know, the Asian hate crimes, we can even take it all the way back to 9-11 after that happened, the crime rate that went up against Muslims and um, Americans is just crazy. Um, so I just want to really throw that out there because, you know, America, America is not a, isn't, America ain't no saint in this church as well. You know, lest we forget slavery, lest we forget segregation, Jim Crow, Japanese internment camps, even the war in Iraq or the Afghanistan war. I'm sure none of us stand up as a monolith to support any of these actions. Like if you take the war in Iraq, for example, that was pretty much George Bush's doing. You know, I was alive and well to, you know, see that and and experience that. But that that has nothing to do with me. I didn't pull the trigger. I didn't put my name down and say, yeah, this is what we, we should be doing. That was simply a George Bush decision. And it had nothing to do with me. And in the same sense, we have to give that grace to some of the people of Russia You know, this is what's going on in Ukraine is strictly off of what Putin wants to do, what the Kremlin wants to do. And this has nothing to do with some of the people that are actually opposed to this, just like the tennis Russian player who, after finishing the match, went and grabbed a Sharpie and wrote on the lens of the camera, no war. I mean, just him doing that, that's, you know, that's even dangerous for him because he's going to have to go back to his home country probably at some point, or he might have family there you know, that might be in danger just for that simple protest. It's something as simple as and something as commonsensical, like of saying no war, you know. So I just wanted to really speak up on that because, you know, I can see a lot of news stories popping up of, you know, the crimes against Russian Americans or people of Russian descent. And honestly, they have nothing to do with what Putin wants to do or what he's doing right now. As I speak, Russian and Ukrainian officials are meeting at the border to discuss an end to this war, with Ukraine demanding a ceasefire, obviously, and Russia demanding that Ukraine surrenders, stays neutral to Russia, and not join either the EU or the NATO alliance. President Zelensky agreed to the talks because he wanted to make one thing clear. Whenever there's a chance to stop the attacks, he wants his country to know that he tried any and everything to do so. My prayers are with Ukraine and its people. With that being said, that is all I have for you guys this week. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast and you aren't a subscriber, please do me a favor and go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. 
share this podcast with someone. Also, write in the comments, you know, let me know what you thought about this podcast. Maybe there's something or some topic you'd want to cover. Maybe there's something you don't really have a clear understanding on, like the definition of, you know, what is an electoral college or what is the filibuster? It could be anything. Um, But just go ahead and write that in the comments and you never know that might become an episode one day. But as always, I just want to thank you guys for listening again. Um, I am your host, Keontae McDonald. Good day. God bless. Until next time.